Here at the 2024 NBA All-Star Game in Indianapolis at the 24th Annual Tech Summit as well. And I'm here with the Pacers, new Pacers CEO, Mel Reigns. Thank you so much for, for joining me and congratulations. Um, named CEO in January, I believe, yes. also came official. Yes. Uh, after a long tenure as COO of, uh, of Pacers Sports and Entertainment. Does, do you feel it? You know, is it sunk in yet that you're CEO? You know, it's starting to. I think this weekend it's finally starting to. We've been yeah. so busy getting ready for this All-Star Weekend, hosting, you know, 100,000 people from all over the world that it had not quite hit me. But I think um, being here at the Tech Summit and seeing a lot of my counterparts um, from other teams and getting congratulations, it's certainly starting to sink in. Yeah. What, what is it like to be COO of a company, CEO of a company? You were COO for a long time, and I know chief revenue officers, they're the real CEO, CEOs, right? They're, <laughs> they're the real one. But what is it like now that you are CEO? You know, um, you start to think a little bit bigger picture, right? The COO is keeping the trains running on the tracks all day, and I'm managing the company on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, and a CEO needs to think a little bit more broadly and, and, and from a different leadership perspective. And so um, the Tech Summit is a great opportunity to start thinking about those things, you know, whether it's the RSN uh, versus linear TV um, situation that we're all dealing with, all the teams and all the leagues, those sorts of things are um, a little bit more what I need to be focused on, and so I'm going to start doing that uh, as soon as I get to Monday. <laughs> well, what was it like planning? I mean, I knew you were on a committee to plan the All-Star event, right? Yeah. And I never knew what it's like for a city, a team, to really go through the process of putting on the All-Star event. When you get landed at the airport, you see all the beautiful designs, and you're like, okay, this is nice, but what is that process like? You know, for us, it's been a seven-year journey. So wow. we bid in 2017 to host the 2021 All-Star Game, mm -hmm. which got pushed due yeah. to COVID, obviously. So I've never worked on an event this long. I've worked on a lot of events. But um, it's for our city. We take great pride in hosting these and, and doing them better than anybody else. Yeah. We don't have oceans and um, mountains and things to look at. So we know we need to deliver to our event partners and to the guests coming every time and exceed their expectations. And so whether that's the basketball court at the airport that you probably saw mm. when you landed to what you're going to see when you walk around downtown, we've got DJ booths elevated and um, light l public art that's um, uh, lighted projections all yeah. over town yeah. and those kinds of things just to make this the best weekend that the best basketball fans in the world could experience. Yeah, and you know, I love Indiana. I tell people all the time when the combine, NFL combine comes here, I'm always usually here. I don't know yeah. if I have to come this year because, you know, it's all-star, but it's such a walkable city. Yeah. The steaks are good. Yeah. I mean, the food, and I lived in Texas, so not all good <laughs> steaks. And I'm like, man, you know, but Indiana has some very good steaks. Yeah. So uh, it's a very enjoyable city, and I tell, it's so easy to get to Philadelphia. It's a two-hour flight, you can direct, yep. you know what I mean? And so it's like not inconvenience at all. Uh, but here we are, I don't ever want to let this month uh, escape us. You know, we got the All-Star Game, but we're also in February, Black History Month. Uh, does anyone stand out outside of the notable names or uh, in key figure that maybe inspired you on Black History Month? Well, I think our city has an interesting history with this because um, Robert Kennedy was here the night that Martin Luther King Jr. was shot mm. and had a very famous speech that prevented any violence from happening here in Indianapolis that evening, which happened in a lot of other cities across the country. And so we have a monument that we, our team actually paid for, the Kennedy King Park. It's a national park now. And I always try to go there this month and yeah. sort of think about what that means. But certainly we have a lot of important figures, I think, in our state. Um, whether those are basketball players or others, but that moment in time is really important to our city. Absolutely. Uh, here we are now again at the uh, Tech Summit. What's the biggest thing that you've learned? Uh, and I know you, as CEO now, your, your mind is racing. You got to listen to people. It's like yeah. you're starting new jobs. So there's a lot you have to do. 
but what is the biggest thing you've learned thus far that you can see yourself, you know, incorporating to the Pacers? I think AI, right? I mean, we yeah. were, that's where they started. NBA I is sort of what they were branding it. And I think that's how that affects the live, live experience, the at-home experience, when we're interacting with our fans, when we don't have a game day and those kinds of things. I think we're all trying to get our arms around that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's important that they started with that. And it's something that's going to change the world yeah. rapidly. Yeah. yeah. And when you come and think about sports and, you know, generative AI, right? You, you guys have IP as well. Yeah. Does anything keep you up at night? Everything keeps me up at night, actually. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's the unknown unknowns. And so making sure that we're trying to be, um, you know, bleeding edge if we can be. We certainly don't ever want to be behind as a league or a team. Um, but, but where does it make sense? I mean, sometimes I think there can be tech for the sake of tech. And if you're only hitting a couple of fans, I don't know that that's worth the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze on it. So just trying to make sure that we're, what we're doing um, is impactful. Yeah, take me back right fast. You know, you grew up in South Bend, right? Earned your bachelor's in telecommunications and Indiana University. And you worked for Dick Cheney for some time. What was that like? You know, it was great. He was one of the best bosses I ever, I've ever had. He um, has a, a very smart, strong wife and a couple of um, very smart daughters as well. He really um, likes working with women and um, I thought uh, he gave me every opportunity I could hope for. Right. Um, very good feedback, but he's a really good mentor as well. Um, he's been the White House Chief of Staff, so he understood what it was like to be a staff person, mm -hmm. which is unique. I don't know many presidents or vice presidents that had a seat the same way that we did, um, but it's certainly you're on the hot seat every yeah. day and uh, it teaches you an awful lot. Yeah, and then you leave politics and then you finally get into sports, right? Yeah. What was that transition? Because, you know, I love politics. I love monitoring it. I don't necessarily know if I want to dive too much into it because yeah. someone told me a long time ago, if you're into politics, make sure your stomach is strong because you got to sleep at night, right? Um, but what was that transition, yeah. leaving politics, going over to the corporate? Yeah, I'm uh, grateful I worked in politics when I did. I'm yeah. very grateful I don't work there anymore. <laughs> um, and I, I had worked on six Republican conventions, which are these major events similar to Super Bowls and All-Star Weekends. And so my first job into sports was working on the 2012 uh, Super Bowl host committee here in Indianapolis, mm -hmm. which was a great experience. Um, I didn't, did not dream of working in sports as a young person. I played them, but I, I never imagined I would work for an NBA team, let alone be the CEO of an NBA team. So um, my, my career path took a bit of a turn, but it's been a great one. And it feels familiar. Um, I work for the Simon family, Herb and Steve. It's not terribly different than, and Stephen Rails, who's also an owner of our team. Mm -hmm. It's not terribly different than working for a political figure, but we certainly have a different bottom line. Um, but it were a small, nimble family business, and um, that feels familiar to me from politics. Yeah. What is, what is it like running that family business? Because I was just talking to someone from the NBA, and I said, you know, each team is like they're only on their own, and they have their own economies, right, in their local markets. They're all local businesses in a way, and you obviously work for one of the longest tenured families is on the NBA team in the Simon yeah. family, a family known for the malls around America. I know I use a lot of them, <laughs> um, but what, what is that like running basically yeah. a local big brand? Yeah, it's for us, it's, um, it all comes from Herb and um, his brother Melvin bought the team in 1983, yeah. and Steve, now his son, who's very active, and several other family members, they're very committed to this community. They will tell you that Indianapolis has done more for them than they could ever do for the city. And so we're very community driven, which is important to me personally. Um, I think uh, we have the best owner in the sports. I'm sure everybody says that, but I really think that we do. 
Um, he really always wants to do the right thing. We want to have the right kind of players on our teams and make the right kind of impact. And so we lead, I mean, he very much leads from his heart and, um, and we follow. So I feel very lucky to work for them. Yeah, looking at some big picture stuff, right? And let's stay with the Simon family, right? Because obviously you work day to day and, and know what's going on in your other business. The malls, right? Where are we looking at when we look at malls around America? I see that they're going through this revitalization because when you look at them now, they got movie theaters, bigger movie theaters, arcades. It's like we're entering this nostalgia period and malls are at the center of it and revitalize. What do you see? What is that family? What do you guys see from that? particular yeah. retail I mean, space. Herb is the chairman emeritus of Simon Property Group. Yeah. Um, Melvin, Simon's son, David, runs that business very successfully. Um, I, I sort of see it from a different seat, almost more of a consumer. Um, we have a downtown mall here that's going to be redeveloped into something different. I think um, Simon Property Group has done a masterful job of repurposing uh, different spaces and malls for uses that I never would have imagined mm -hmm. when I was younger um, and used to walk around the mall with my friends in the seventh and eighth grade. It's different now and the things that they're doing in them are different and I think they've maximized that real estate opportunity really well. Absolutely. Now listen, you, you, no one says it's going to be easy as a CEO, right? And here you are <laughs> in this very interesting media environment where distribution and the future of distribution is really up yeah. right now. So you have Bally's and I know they're now, you know, Amazon is a part of that. Where's the Pacers fit into that ecosystem? I believe you guys are getting your local media rights back if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So, How does, what is that going on? You know, that's, um, we are, we are with Bally's right now. Right. Um, the attorneys are working through those, those details and there's a lot of them working through that. So, um, Right now, we're we're with them for the rest of the season, and um, certainly we'll take a look at what future seasons look like. But we're um, the rest of our regular season games and playoffs will be on Valleys. There's a fear among small market teams a lot that hey, we're going to go through a period of maybe losing money because when you have so many distribution channels now, it's, it's all fragmented, right? And ads, advertisers may not be getting the audience that they were signed up for. How do you deal with that? And if there is any short-term revenue loss, how do you make that up? I mean, we're all working through that in real time. I mean, this is evolving. This RSM situation is literally evolving on a daily basis mm -hmm. for baseball and, and hockey and, um, and for the NBA teams as well. And so we're gonna, we, we certainly wanna reach as many of our fans as we can. And then we obviously have a bottom line. We wanna have the best players that we can have as well and the yeah. best team. So we're, we're, it's, a, it's a constant balancing act and we're gonna figure out the best path for us over the summer. Yeah, Forbes has used two point Build $2.9 billion uh, team, the, the, the Pacers, and about over $200 million in revenue. How do you grow that? How do you get to a point where, okay, we're getting better in value? I mean, listen, if another team is sold, I'm sure that's going to help you a lot, right? But yeah. how do you grow locally to make sure that that revenue is stable and, you know, headed up? Yeah, I mean, we, I think we have a great business side team. Obviously, I'm excited to lead them. We, um, when you're doing well on the court, and we are, and we have a great, some great players right now, Tyrese and Miles Turner and, um, it's it's we're, we're lucky to have a good good team and and the fever team is on the rise as well mm -hmm. and so the rising tide kind of lifts all of the boats from a business perspective we're selling more tickets more sponsorships um, all those kinds of things suites and all those things sort of help to the bottom line and we're going to keep growing that business and growing our brand here in indiana and and throughout the midwest yeah do you feel the excitement i mean the team is well, every time i turn around i don't think people are watching the pieces as much right and every time i turn around they're winning another game i'm looking yeah. at the stand it's like wait a minute this team seems like they're like legit like yeah. what, what are you excited about yeah. when you watch them play you know it was great to make the is the in-season tournament um the semifinals we won and yeah. then we made it into the final 
final game and we didn't have the outcome we wanted, but that exposure and national exposure for the team was really important. We recently acquired Siakam from the Raptors. He's mm -hmm. been a great addition to the team. I think we have a lot of, it's a young, exciting team. They like to play together. Um, it, it, throughout the business, you feel it. Um, so everyone on the business side is also excited. And um, so I, you know, I think the sky's the limit with this yeah. team. A few more things I'll let you get out of here because you're now a CEO. You're busy, <laughs> okay? You are very busy. Um, the, the first is that you are a part of a short list of women who are running teams. Sent Marshall obviously is a, one in the Dallas Mavericks. You got Jillian Zucker with the uh, Los Angeles Clippers uh, and more, but still maybe not enough. Right. When you're looking at the DEI and you're looking at diversity pipelining and all that, what does Mel Reigns do? How can the Pacers uh, be the example for other teams? Yeah, I mean, it's really important when I'm in a room and I'm the only person that looks like me that I'm representing all the other people who look like me and giving them those same opportunities. Um, I think the women in our company now see that that's, this is a job that they could have one day, and I hope that they do. Um, and then I take every opportunity that I can when I can go speak to women women's groups to sort of talk through my path and ways to kind of help them get to where they want to be in their careers, whatever industry that may be in. That's a priority of mine as well. And so I try to, um, you know, you only have so much, so many hours in the day. So you use a couple of filters in, in terms of where you look at those opportunities. And for me, the women's piece is, is very important. Yeah. Biggest positive surprise that you've found so far in your, what, month and a half as CEO? Yeah. yeah, my emails get returned a little faster than they <laughs> used to. So that's been a nice, uh, that's a nice thing. But no, I mean, we're, this is a, this is a small-ish town. And so I've gotten a lot of really nice notes from and calls from everyone and, and around the league. And so I'm just excited to jump into it. I yeah. mean, we're um, as soon as this weekend is over, truly, I'll be um, kind of turning my sights on what the next steps look like. And hopefully this is successful and it's a good launching pad for uh, the rest of the season. With positives comes negative. What's the biggest negative surprise you've had as CEO so far? Oh, gosh. Well, um, there aren't always somebody else to go in their office and say, hey, boss, uh, what are you? Not that I, of course, still have a boss, but yeah. not as involved in the day-to-day. -day, so I just have to sit back and think, okay, well, this is my decision now, so yeah. I better. Um, usually I'm giving my recommendation on the decision, and now I'm going to make the decision, and so hopefully they're the right ones. And if they're not, I better learn pretty quick. Absolutely. Well, you still have a lot of work to do. This is only a month and a half in, so hopefully it goes into years. Get you out of here on this. Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, um, one of my favorite business books, the favorite. Uh, go back into your past. What's the difference between a good COO and a great one? Oh, well, I actually just bought that book and I just started reading it. It's a phenomenal book. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, you know, I think a great one is in 150% and is in, um, is in the weeds quite a bit. I mean, the, the, the importance in that job connecting the dots and the details is really, really important. And so to me, I was, I was vested all in and that was a lot of nights and a lot of weekends. Um, to make sure I, you know, you don't just forward the memo before you read it, right? Because there could be a mistake in it. It's got your, your name on it. And so to me, the devil in that job is in the details. Um, and now I need to step back from that a little bit. So that may be, that may be hard for me, but I think um, I'm looking forward to that challenge. Absolutely. Well, listen, I know you're going to have to get a lot of rest after this weekend because the All-Star <laughs> takes up all your time. But you can't get too much rest because, again, you're CEO. Congrats on the position and look forward to doing this again once you get comfortable and dive into the numbers a little bit. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the chance to talk to you. Appreciate it.